this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the second game of the Packers preseason, play a little game called Stock Toppers and Droppers, and then a few questions heading into the final preseason game of the year. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. does this better than anybody. End zone, comes, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. What's up? I'm logging in today with my intellectual glasses because I'm trying to make some analytics out of a game that had nobody playing. Yeah. Can you name (laughs) half of the people that were on the field? (laughs) Is it? I know know it's probably recency biased, but I can't help but feel and I can't quite remember a preseason in the past where this – amount of starters sat or even like borderline second stringers like there is nobody that is playing and we always had that one game a year that kind of all right here's 75 percent of the team it it has been nobody these first two weeks so so what do we take out of that because it felt like week four of preseason in in years past what do we take out of week two being nobody man I, I was talking about this the whole entire I only watched the first half because I just didn't feel like the second half was worth it. Um, but <laughs> You're uh, not worried about the 70th roster spot? Not worried about it. But I, I honestly was trying to figure it out the whole entire first half because so many people that were performing and performing pretty well um, for the Packers are probably not going to be on the team. Um, so it, it's really interesting to see – what comes out of this and see what kind of strategy coaches are doing um, in this three, three uh, preseason game versus the four. Um, But I really don't understand it that well. And I I don't see, I don't understand how we haven't seen any starters for, for, for really, I mean, at all. I took it as a great sign. I mean, as a Packer fan, I took this as the best thing possible. They had joint practices against the Jets where the starters were actually practicing, and they decided we're going to rest 32 guys because we don't need to see them play anymore. Like that's the ultimate confidence in what your – I won't say 53 roster is going to look like, but I think like the top 50 are figured out already, and I think they have confidence just being like – we're a good team. They were playing the Jets in practice. I'll give them that. But like, let's go have the twos and threes audition, and and that's all we need to see at this point, and stay as healthy as possible. I think it's a great sign. Yeah, I, that, I I I towards I lean towards Dan. This is a team that's gone to back to back NFC championships. For all intents and purposes, this roster is almost identical to the years prior. I mean, the key components are the exact same right. in terms of running backs, receivers to some extent. O-line is shifted a little bit, but ultimately you're having about 90% of the guys that have played these last two seasons. So I think LeFleur is just purely under that standpoint of we're going hard and all out in practice and then guaranteeing ourselves no starters are going to go down in a preseason game. Like they're just fine. And if you look at the Jets, they lost two in the game and right. two in the okay. practice. And yeah. it's like, that's Do you think huge. that war on the Packers when they're making a personnel decision? 
They see oh, yeah. they see two season ending injuries during practice, and they're like, "Let's not do that." Yeah, I mean, to your guys's point, I think you guys are spot on in them building the depth. Um, it just makes me worry come beginning of the season, you know, how, how on the Packers will be. But like you guys said, a lot of returning players, Ooh, a lot of people know the offense, defense. So don't let Aaron Rodgers hear that. He'll come out scorched earth. <laughs> I do. Now that you bring it up, this is the same situation that happened last year. The game that everybody yep. was going to play in would probably be this one. They go to Winnipeg, the surface sucks and they pull everybody. I would not be surprised that they had planned on playing 80 to 90% of starters saw these two Jets go down, and by all accounts, the Packers whooped the living shit out of the Jets this week. So if you saw all good and then see those two injuries, I think it's just an automatic, like, uh, yep, all right. We're, I'm also we're thinking yeah. you look ahead, and then we can start talking about this week's game, but you look ahead, and the Saints have a quarterback battle and no Michael Thomas for week one, and then we have the Lions in week two. So, like, I think we have two weeks to figure it out as well. The Saints bring a good defense, but I'm starting to think we go 2-0 and out of the gate. So I'm not worried about Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams, FVS, Lazard, Tanyan. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he doesn't need to play in a preseason game to figure out that, that rhythm and cadence. So quick back to the game. Jets end up winning 23-14. Just like most preseason games, the first half was really interesting. There were some exciting moments. There were some moments that make you scratch your head. But ultimately, the second half is a waste. Uh, so we're going to play this game. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We're each going to have a stock topper. That's somebody that within this kind of last month stretch, including these two games, has kind of almost solidified their position on the team or at least bumped themselves up in the charts and then a stock dropper who it is not looking good. So who would like to give their first stock topper? I'll go first because I've, I've got the easiest one on the books. Everyone's talking about them. I don't think I have to spend that much time adding context to it, but Royce Newman, I think the, the guard position uh, is a little in flux, the right guard position specifically. Uh, Lucas Patrick might be underperforming. Uh, ben Braden has shuffled in. Uh, who else has shuffled in there? Runyon has has gotten some playing time there, but Newman gets a start. Uh, he seems to be on this like rocket ship of trajectory up the depth chart, and uh, by all accounts played pretty well. You know, he he showed agility within that spot and also some power. Uh, he was moving guys out of the way and he seemed to play assignment sound sound outside of. I don't know if you caught Rogers' comments when they were comparing mullets, Royce Newman against one of the Jets players. But Rogers made a point to say, if you step on my feet as I get out of the center, uh, we're going to have some words. <laughs> we're going to exchange some words, I think is what he said. But I was I was enjoying scrolling through uh, today. Ben Fennell was doing some film analysis, and he, he says – uh, the fact that Newman stepped on his foot once or twice, and he goes, it was very close multiple times as well. He goes, I probably put that on Benkert not getting out of the, the snap fast enough. So I think you get Rodgers back in there, and that might not be the biggest concern in the world. But Newman might be your day one starter, and we can talk about this next week. I'd have a little concern that your center and right guard are true rookies, but um, you know, a, a good trajectory and a thing we had to Google just to make sure for first or first fourth round draft pick linemen for the Packers have turned out to be all right. Looking at you, Josh Sitton and TJ Lane. Yeah, and uh, I feel bad for him because we didn't even talk about him in the draft recap, and we apologize <laughs> Yo, to him. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> Newman, like, you're uh, showing up. Way to go, he man. Was, he was just versatility, depth in the line, and you know what? <laughs> Turns out we needed that depth. You know it. 
I'll go next. Uh, my stock topper, it's a defense alignment. The easy one would be to say TJ Slayton, right? He's performing, but he's he's going to make the team. He, he He's going to make the team. So my stock topper on the defensive line that isn't TJ Slayton is Jack Heflin, heavy-duty Heflin. That's his nickname. I couldn't remember last episode. But this guy, he, he's a little undersized um, with where he's at. Uh, he, he does need to put on a few pounds. But I think if he can gain 10 pounds of muscle, um, sit behind Kenny Clark, sit behind Kiki, sit behind Lowry, um, TJ Slayton, he's a great backup. He's showing that he can at least hang with the big boys. Um, and, and he's cheap. He, he's a very low cost guy, uh, that's performing, you know, well, um, he, he can stuff uh, and take on double teams. Um, so I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Jack Heflin. He's working, he's working his ass off to yeah, make his awesome. team, um, seeing him in these games, he, he's by far out, outworked most of the times, but he hustles so much. He can still make the plays. Um, so I'm hoping he makes a team. Do you put him uh, at Lancaster's level just yet? I would put him above Lancaster oh my God. just for the reason that he's a rookie. This guy is unproven. He hasn't been coached by NFL oh, coaches. Wait, today. today. Today you put him above Lancaster? I, I'd put him even. I'd put him even. My. Oh my. Lancaster gets pushed around. We've seen this year in and year out. If Jack Heflin can get in there and not get pushed around, all right, we're okay. Eflin's grinding and hustling. I love to see it, but I'm seeing a lot of hot takes, and you appear to be one of them saying, you know, Lancaster is tradable now or cuttable because Heflin's performing. I'm like, I don't know. I think Lancaster is a veteran that knows he just needs to get through preseason, and Heflin's trying to make a roster. So, of course, there's a difference. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping he makes the team. He's he's playing well enough to warrant a spot for sure. And they're, they're saying he's great in the locker room. They, they're saying he's, uh, he's a comedian, comedian in the locker room. So you always need awesome. that type, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Look how Ty Summers turned out. Worked really hard. He's a stud. Um, <laughs> Got to have him. Got to have him. <laughs> Got to have those guys, man. <laughs> uh, my my pick, I think, is an, an also an easy one and has been talked about plenty. And I'm not just bringing this up because I was the only person on the pod that loved this pick in the draft. But Hill out of the backfield has been near perfect. And the good thing about him is he knows his style of play and he's executing it near perfectly. There's a lot of young running backs that come into the league and they they kind of struggle to find their hole. They're not quite reading the line. He knows he has to get on the outside and go. And so whether it's a touchdown pass uh, reception in the first game, kind of taking that shotgun snap uh, in game two, he gets to the corner and he flies. So he's gotten to the point. The Packers have to put him on the active roster because there is no way that this league is going to let him slide back onto a practice squad spot. So he is he is officially number three. And the way that Dylan was running in that first half, we would assume that Aaron Jones, knowing his work ethic and what he does in the offseason, he'll improve. This is a legitimate three-headed beast that the Packers have in the backfield, and I, I could not be more excited. Yeah, give him time to uh, to read the line. He's going to the outside because he's comfortable there. Um, I, I think once he slows down up the middle is where he'll really separate himself and possibly take himself to the next level. And by God, do not let him return kicks. 
don't let him return kicks. <laughs> well, and remember, he's getting 30 reps a game right now. And this was a position battle by all means, you know, from beat writers that were watching practice to the media. The third running back was a hotly contested position between Patrick Taylor, Dexon Williams, and Kylan Hill. And it appears in the coach's mindset, coming into week one of preseason, it wasn't much of a battle. Kylan Hill mm-hmm. looked like the presumptive uh, roster spot or, you know, third running back in their minds. And he's done nothing to let go of that grasp. But come week one, you hope he doesn't see the field outside of making some special teams tackles. Like it's it's mm-hmm. nice that he's getting reps now, but give him you know give him eight to ten weeks to figure out pass pro, and then let's start seeing him work in a little bit. I will say it's kind of exciting to have him and Amari though, and I think about that first game last season that when Lafleur wants to get a little gadgety, it tends to work out really well. And I'm really excited to watch these guys develop and and see these end arounds or see these quick outs and know that. This could go big, uh, and I know it'll take it some time. There's going to be some some Ooh, bumps in the outs. road, but I my but favorite I Mike McCarthy love. route. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you do you know? Come middle of the season, those guys aren't going to be on the radar. You know, Devontae will be doubled. Uh, maybe Cobb will be having a year. You know, maybe MVS, and these guys can just scatter out like like Foose is saying, and and pick up a quick twenty. Uh, so it is key to have these guys just sneak under the radar. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving our depth, and that's why I think we sat 32 guys. Is we're like, let's just figure out roster spots uh, 49 through 53. And all this talk about toppers has really got me wanting topper sticks. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even live in the right part of the nation to get topper sticks, but dang, I could use a couple. <laughs> I should have saved the three-headed beast for our back room because Ben Kirk might be a might be a Hall of Famer as well I, I mean I don't know what else he could do but honorable mention as a topper because he's he's going to be he's going to be in that uh, at least in the stands watching as that third stringer one little side note that I thought was interesting as it sounds like Zadarius might not be quite available for week one is one of these kind of stock toppers Rashawn Gary can he come in and from week one say, I'm ready to make that step? Mm, that'd be yeah. sexy. Uh, that'd be really sexy. <laughs> this podcast has been all about him since day one. I'm lumping you in now, Josh. You, you're since year two, I have been there. <laughs> you know, I, I hope Zadarius gets healthy. He came back to practice, but yeah, LaFleur made comments as we record saying, um, you know, his back is a concern and maybe he's not ready for week one. Um, but the words from Preston Smith, you know, remember, slim down the news out of practices has been he's been bulldozing guys, pushing them around and playing well. And Joe Barry was the guy that made him shine well in Washington. So if we just have Gary and Smith for the first couple of weeks, I'm not too concerned about that. But you want your team leader and captain healthy to begin the year. So if it takes another two weeks of rest, we have the time. I, that's another guy I don't need to see practice. Just have mm-hmm. him ready in week one. Mm-hmm. So with the good comes the bad, and now we are going to talk about stock droppers, and there is quite a few to pick from uh, because it, it has, in a lot of ways, been black and white this preseason on who might not be pulling their weight. So who do we have for our dropper? Mine is a middle linebacker, uh, you know, Kamal Martin. Uh, my main reason for this pick, though, is because he just seems to get pushed around way too much. Um, he, he's the main reason that that kickoff return went as long as it did. Uh, he got handled by a tight end, pushed out of the way, didn't even really seem to fight it off. Um, and the same thing, 
We're talking special teams. This was special teams. <laughs> um, and, and even it, even when he was playing the game, it, it, you know, the other linebackers were outshining him consistently. Um, he, he was getting pushed around, blocked a lot. I think his his roster spot is in question. Um, and, and because he's not performing on special teams, I mean, what use is he to the team? So it'll be interesting to see. I was just going to ask if you see him making the roster. And we are going to do 53-man projections between the third game and the final cuts. So this will go on record. But they were cross-training him at outside linebacker. And with Randy Ramsey going down and Zadarius maybe uh, uh, not in great shape to start the year, does Martin start as like a all-purpose linebacker? Does he make he, a team? He could. He's athletic, but like he's got to get stronger. He's he's He has to man up when people are coming to block him. Like You just can't get blocked out of the way. You at least have to cause some disruption. So it's those darn Minnesota guys, too much time rowing the boat, not enough time in the weight room. Got <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with the Green Bay weight room. It's all about Minnesota. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. Yeah, he has not had a training camp. You're looking for, but I'll, I'll jump in next. Mine is, I think, pretty obvious, but I'm seeing, I think, what our box score readers get really excited about this guy, and that's Jay Sternberger. Uh, I, I think we've said on this podcast before, and I just said I think about four times in four sentences, so you're welcome, listeners. But let's throw out one more. I think he's cut. I don't see any reason to leave him on the team. He got a touchdown on a little two, three-yard pass. That's cute. That's great. Uh, but he's just not consistent. He's not great in the run game. He's he's not a Tier 1 NFL guy. And I don't mean Tier 1 like tight end fantasy football caliber. I just mean you don't want him playing 40 reps on offense every week. And he'll unfortunately what I think you'll see happen, what it is pretty much given is that he'll make the team, quote unquote, because he's suspended for the first two weeks, uh, which means he doesn't take up a roster spot. So you can see how the first two weeks go and then he could backfill any potential issues that pop up. I'm banned from saying certain words on this podcast. So any potential issues that would pop up, um, he could offer that versatility in the first couple of weeks to be able to come back and, and fill a position that way. Um, but boy, I'd rather have Tanya and Mercedes and DeGuara and maybe even Dominique Daphne. Uh, so Sternberger, in my mind, stock down, stock dropper. Uh, yeah, I've, you're, I've you're seen smart, what I need to see. Call. Smart call on him. He, he he probably will make the team just for the first two weeks, just in case an injury happens. But yeah, overhyped. Uh, I mean, he's had a couple good catches. That that touchdown catch though was all all quarterback. That was Benton Kurt. It's a so, bummer because I mean, when we drafted him, it's like, ooh, athletic tight end. Yeah, Rodney but you got Tanya. So much with tight ends. Tanya. Let's get him. <laughs> yeah, and I know that there is concussion issues and there's different things that I don't think he's necessarily had the, the cleanest of careers. I could actually right, picture him going to another NFL team, fresh start and being a solid number two, just yeah. an awesome oh, number yeah. two tight end. So good point. Good point. It's a, uh, it is one of those things, but I'm going to stay in kind of this general receiving core and he hasn't had a snap and it, it, it's doomed him in my mind. It's EQ. Uh, Go Funches, <laughs> Funches, <laughs> Funches played amazing game one. Malik Taylor absolutely showed up in game two. There's just there's no way he makes this roster. And with injury concerns, when he is healthy, he's kind of a no-show for games. It's just it's kind of sealed his faith that maybe if he would have played uh, and had some strong outings, they could say, well, we like his size. We like his, you know, different body type for this receiver core. But I just have a hard time seeing the Packers bring back EQ, uh, and it's a bummer because we had talked about maybe they bring his brother in, maybe it's this St. Brown duo, but 
I think his days in Green Bay are done. So we're gonna have to he's watch. He's only a, played he he's only played twenty six games in three years. I That's was insane. so hyped to watch him have an opportunity this week, and mm-hmm. then he was on the list of thirty two guys not dressing. And the biggest bummer of all this is we're gonna have to watch his brother Amonra play for Detroit for the next ten years. And oh, catch, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> actually catching footballs. That, that's a bummer. That's another guy. I, you know, my Notre Dame bias aside, I was excited about the athletic profile he brought to that position. Uh, and it just hasn't appeared to pan out, and I don't think he has much of a chance left. So, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think we're through our stock droppers, right? I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd pose the question off air, but uh, I'd be interesting. We could throw out some answers out now, or we could just think about it till next week. But you talk about guys where you know maybe if they can put the preseason together, they they have a good game three. Who becomes the most tradable guy before you have to make your cuts? You know, maybe backfill that sixth round pick that we gave up for Cobb and try to get one back from someone who another team could use. I, I don't necessarily think it's EQ anymore, but is there anyone on the roster you guys are willing to say like, hey, some other team sees him as a proven commodity and would give us something for him? I mean, I, I definitely think there are some third stringers, you know, Oren Burks, uh, maybe Will Redman. Um, maybe, uh, Malik Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but good, like a six rounder. I don't know. Maybe Lancaster, but I, I don't think, I don't think there's any great, I'm not ready to give unless up on they Lancaster. show up, unless they show up in game three, you know, and really just go off and really give them something to show on tape. Um, I, I don't think anybody's really proven enough, um, I wonder... to, to get us some trade, trade bait. We... Ryan, do you got any name? Oh, I was going to throw one out, but yeah, my only uh, my only thought was Lucas Patrick, just because they're just mm-hmm. like he hasn't had that good of a season, but people know that he can be a, a sustainable O lineman. That I could picture us getting a six round for him and being like, we're going to run, we're going to run young on this line. But that would be Malik Taylor is the only one that I, I think just and and again, I don't even know how much we would we get a seventh for him. Would it be even worth it? I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would say there's very few people that are, are tradable at this point, especially with how this league has been and the cap is all maxed out and everything like that. I, yeah. I, it's just it's tough to give away pieces right now. We didn't talk about this, but between the last pod and this pod, uh, the Packers made the right move. They traded picks. <laughs> they traded uh, picks from previous years, Josh Jackson for Isaac Yadam. Maybe that's a guy where, you know, if they're looking at – Jair, King, Stokes, Sullivan, if Shamar, Shamar Gene Charles is going to make the roster, Yadam becomes your sixth corner. Maybe that's a guy you can go get a fifth or a sixth pick for, but I kind of doubt that too. But I don't know, something to keep an eye on. If someone balls out in week three that you know was kind of on the fringe to begin with, it's like instead of trying to sneak him onto a practice squad and knowing you know the, the Jets are going to pick him up because they practiced against him, uh, to try to get some kind of pick – I just don't know who it is, and Lancaster feels like the one you can get the best value for, but I'm not ready to get rid of him. He's still a get steady, rid of him. He's still a steady <laughs> NFL player. I'd love him uh, to not be our. Uh, I'd love for. I've said it on record before. I'd love for him to not be our starter, but he is until he isn't, and I think we need him. I mean, that's like yeah, the position we have. I'd rather have numbers there. Did you guys catch the compliments for uh, our boy Eric Stokes coming from Devante during the week? It sounds good, and I did like the way he was attacking the ball for that first half that he played. So uh, it's it's going in the right direction of of people ahead of him. So 
yeah, d- for those who missed it, uh, Devontae was getting interviewed and said he's got the speed and recovery ability that reminds him of Sam Shields. Like he'll beat him off the jump, and then all of a sudden he's still in his hip pocket. Like I'm not going anywhere. And then the mindset of Jair, which was dating back to the story we heard, you know, one of the first practices where he got beat but still approached Devontae at the end of practice and said, you know, teach me what you just did so I can learn from it. Boy, if he can just be average, you know, in year one here and sort of show that that skill set or that capability to make a jump, I think they're building something really special in that secondary. We just need to get poor old number 20 back on the field, which I know we've been saying for three years. But here we are again. Get him on the field. The secondary is tough. Yeah, and you guys sort of junked on this guy. I'm going to throw his name out there, Shamar Jean Charles. I think this guy might see the field a good amount come later in the year. Um, They're talking a lot of things about him. I think he's going to make the team, and I think he's going to make a splash. Uh, You heard it here first, folks. Later in the year? Not out of the gate. Gene Charles. Not out of the gate. He's got a lot of work to do, but they love him in the slot position. He's really quick, great hip movement. I'd love Um, to see more out of him in, in week three. You know, one one more chance to get some real reps before the season starts. The yeah, other guy in that, that secondary that we never saw was Christian Uphoff, and I I mean that's probably a, <laughs> that's probably dead at this point. But he came in at the end of the game, I guess. He he got like two tackles, but yeah, he he wasn't out there a lot. Yeah, I had a guy we all had excitement for you know possibly being the dark horse for, and definitely hasn't practice shown on squad. the definitely yeah definitely hasn't shown on the practice field. Otherwise, he would be playing sooner in these games. Well, that'll do it for this episode. The Packers had to play another New York team in the Bills in week three of this preseason. Um, Trubisky. How, yeah, how many <laughs> How many starters are we going to see? On the Zero. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say sit, and I was going to be like 38. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, there, there might be some names that get thrown out there that you're just like, I don't even know that number. Uh but it's it's it'll be a fun first quarter and then just kind of go among. I want to uh, see love. People. Yes, I want to see love one more time. Just give me one up. more action of love, please. I want to see love with like a seventy <laughs> percent plus completion percentage. Just look sharp enough to be our backup. Show me that yeah, twice. Four in the touchdowns. Yeah, just show it all. Baby. Did you say four touchdowns? <laughs> 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 I will say uh, while we're talking about. Uh, rookie quarterbacks uh, i did appreciate justin field saying the game was slow and then got popped in game <laughs> two. So, holy macro. i may or may not have texted some bears fans and go is he okay like what happened like <laughs> he just got oh, man hammered. enjoy it while it lasts because he's yeah. gonna be good i'm pretty confident in that <laughs> Well, that'll do it for this episode. We will catch you guys next week when we start really, really biting our fingernails and deciding who is on the final roster for the 2021 Green Bay Packers. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go! Go!